go. Hey, welcome to season two, episode one of Talking the Mayans. Oof, this was a, a long-awaited second season premiere. Uh, I think I've got a lot to say about this episode. I think I've got a lot to say about what might be coming up this season. Let's see what happens. With me, as ever, is Kinte. Kinte, how are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, looking forward to this season and uh, seeing, you know, uh, what happens. How, what did uh, what did you think about this? What did you think about the, the the first episode? What was your overall impression of this? It was it was a very Sons of Anarchy Mayans season premiere, you know. It had that. Um, it had to feel like a lot of the Sons of Sons of Anarchy premieres, you know, kind of just getting everything established, where the characters are, that kind of thing. So it felt familiar. It's a, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that because I was actually transported back to Sons of Anarchy in a couple of the season uh, episode starts in that uh, so much of the story feels so obfuscated behind little tiny clues, little tiny story reveals, little tiny, little things. I, I, I'm not sure exactly how much time they say has gone by between the end of season one and the beginning of season two. Do you know that? No, I didn't see it at all. I, I don't remember. It's 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 sometime because we see that uh, uh, Adelita is pregnant. Mm -hmm. So we we know that there is some passage of time. Also, it seems like some things have been transpiring and moving forward. I wanted to get to the episode title. Uh, the episode title is uh, uh, you know what I'm gonna pronounce this about as bad as I pronounced my last podcast mm -hmm. uh, is it I, you know what I'm not even going to try to pronounce it it it, it is uh, oh I was waiting to hear uh, you pronounce it <laughs> that's one of not slaughter it because I think that that probably is going to not sound all that great my English is just my English right I'm actually really good when it comes to Coming up with uh, neat new words in English, but I am just you know what? Let's try. Let's let's try to pronounce this word because it's a, a Mayan word, I believe. Um, uh, it's about a mythical uh, creature or something to that effect. Um, okay, how about this? It, it's it's either it's either it has something to either do with a jaguar or it has something to do with the sun. Oh, you know what? Choose to pick. Let's have. Um, I'm gonna have the natural reader. <laughs> I'm at the natural reader read it. Uh, that's a good. There we go. All right, I'm, I got to fire it up. It takes like three hours for this thing to load up. Okay, <laughs> finally. And the, uh, well, you know something. Yeah. The, the say again. Wait. Okay. Wait. Okay. Uh, uh oh, dude. Why isn't it posting? Wait a second. Really? Oh, I'm sure people at home are like this. Is uh, I'm, so I'm pretty sure the X is silent. And I think QUE is K, right? So. Why is it? Okay, finally. Uh, for some reason, it wasn't. Volunteer? Yeah, it's like, oh, you're going to make me do this. All right, here we go. This is, this is said by the natural reader. Spelling. <laughs> what? Spelling. 
That doesn't sound right. <laughs> not right at all. To me, it sounds. It. I think it's. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the X is silent, so I think it's. Spell and K. There we go. Why is oh, it silent? Did she actually pronounce? She me, pronounced part of the X. Let me do. Let me try this one more time. What about this? Balanc. No, I don't believe her. <laughs> that, that's how I would have pronounced. You it. know what? Let's, let's wait one more time. Let's try Google Translate. They're like, it's so funny because <laughs> people at home are like, these these people. <laughs> right, here we go. Let's see what Google Translate says. Should belong, K. Should belong, K. Oh, okay. Belong, K. Okay. Well, that. <laughs> we'll say it's that. We'll, we'll go with that. So either it means the jaguar sun or it means the hidden sun. And then I also saw uh, possibly jaguar deer. So uh, of those, I think I'm going to go with the jaguar sun. Okay. We'll go that with seems that. About right. Okay. And, and also just because uh, our upcoming episodes with the Mayans all seem to have some pretty similar thematic titles. So. Like last year, remember, it was all animals. That's right. Yeah. Right. So this year, I think they're doing the same thing, but taking a spin in uh, a little bit more nativism. You, you know, also last year, like whatever the animal was, like Pedro, it was like this mangy dog, mm -hmm. or there was a cat and you know, rat and possum and other things. Um, so I was like, when this one came and I looked it up, what it was, I was like, are we going to see that? Like, there, you know, because like you would have like several encounters with the animal in the last season. So are we going to have encounter? No, that's just the title. <laughs> you know, they're not doing that. But, you know, I wonder if in this particular one, I wonder if it is a sort of almost a play on words. Mm-hmm. Um, because Jaguar Sun seems a little bit mm. yeah, like maybe it, again, maybe it's just a bit of a play on words. I, I don't know for sure, but Interesting. It, I definitely didn't see any Jaguars in this one. No. Okay, so title aside, I'm going to give you my first impressions of this season. Okay. All right. Uh, and please don't hate me. I, I love the and and this episode was definitely differently octane fueled, but octane fueled. Mm -hmm. However, it is very obvious to me that while Kurt Sutter is still sort of uh, in the control seat, the writing shifted. It shifted in a landslide way in a way that I couldn't ignore. This was not last season's Mayans. Some of it I feel like was for the better and some of it I felt so confused by like why did they do it this way? And uh, and all I'm I'm going to launch into a quick comparison between the way that they handled Sons of Anarchy and the way that they're handling Mayans. One of my chief complaints about Sons of Anarchy were there were so many thread lines. Mm -hmm. It felt like there was just story upon story upon story upon story upon story. And while that gave it so much depth, it also left me utterly confused in some cases about what was really happening in importance 
and how I was supposed to figure out that hierarchy. And this season feels like it is ramping up to become that kind of layer and layer and layer and layer. Whereas the entirety of last season felt like I could clearly see in every episode, act one, act two, act three, I could completely see the pieces come together and it, and it felt really comfortable and it felt super satisfying. And narratively throughout the entire uh, season, I felt like I knew that J.D. Pardo's character was that as the uh, as the prospect was absolutely in for some serious tumultuous times, didn't disappoint at the beginning. Of, and I know it's only been the first episode, but at the beginning of this episode, I am so confused about where we are supposed to be paying attention. Maybe that's intentional. I don't know. And there was no lack of action. There was so much action in this episode. There were so many amazing pieces to it. But those amazing pieces to me felt, oh my gosh, they were so scattered. So I, I would love to hear what you think about what sort of overall happened. Um, I would say that the episode wasn't awesome, but it, 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 held, it held enough of my attention to the point where I um, did have enjoyment. You understand what I'm saying? So it wasn't that it was it was not a good episode. It just was it just wasn't um, awesome. You know what I mean? But it's the premiere. You know? Well, tell me, did, did you feel like, uh, okay, so I, I guess just in terms of what uh, of of what I said, did you feel like there was anything structurally different from this episode compared to last season's episodes? Um, not really. I mean, I felt like it was. Uh, I mean, this doesn't feel too much like uh, uh, that far off from. <laughs> So, so, so let me, uh, so let me try to help, uh, not help. Let me try to understand with your help what is, what it is that is sort of happening here. So we pick up with, uh, with things. We know that things have been really tense between, um, basically between everybody, right? I don't. I'm not 100 sure if we sort of tied up all the loose ends from last season. But we're definitely picking up with those loose ends being uh, a, a bit more out of the way than I thought that they would be in the uh, in the opening uh, episode. However, we're treated to a lot of new stuff, um, which I think is important because I I feel like last season sort of suffered just a little bit from not having the strong casting choices that they've made being able to sort of to lean in on those people uh, yeah. and i'll give you an example um uh well i mean obviously you know last season i think we talked about this last season right jd who plays ezekiel easy um it felt like he was in sort of a learning mode all throughout the season much like his character that like mm -hmm. it, 
that the acting was a work in progress. And, and in a strange way, it actually really worked because it did feel like he had a lot of trepidation in all the right places. And I, it, it just somehow managed to come together. What I get now a little bit, not nervous about, but just, you know, it just sort of rubs me the wrong way is I'm still feeling that. And it's only episode one, so I'm trying not to read so much into it. But it does feel like there's still that. It just doesn't feel like like Ezekiel, the character, is as strong as I would want the character to be. And maybe I'm making unfair comparisons between Ezekiel and Jax. I don't know. I, I keep wondering if that's what I'm doing. I think the Jax character was a a a, a, a better written character. And so he had that advantage. You know, I liked better where his character was at, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does, actually. So I think that's one thing that there's an advantage there. I mean, you know, I I think JD is fine enough, you know? You know? Yeah. Oh, I'm 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 not I'm not I, I'm not disparaging him at all. I'm mm-hmm. saying that I recognize that jumping into this part had to have been a bit daunting, especially right. when you think about the shoes that he's trying to fill. So, I mean, quote unquote, you know, it's, it does seem like that that would be very daunting. And it does feel like, but well, I guess I should say it this way. It feels like they've got some really strong people in their cast that they could lean in on a little bit more. And again, maybe they will. Um, but Ezekiel's character doesn't feel like it is written in a way that would let uh, JD really expand in that role so that he could gain more sort of strength. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe this is what will happen over the course of the season. But it, it felt to me like we are taking a turn toward this isn't about Ezekiel and Angel and the, and the personal stuff in the Mayans. It's about the Mayans. It right. Is, it's about the MC. And 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 that does seem like a sea change from what we were experiencing last season. No, I agree with you. It's uh it, it is uh definitely a different <laughs> um in that regard. And um you know, the first season was all about who are these guys, and now they're taking it, you know, in an, in the directions that they are. It does. It, it, I will say this though, it for for everything that uh, that Sons of Anarchy was la- uh, all together as a collective body, it I always felt like I knew more about the MC than I did almost any individual character except Jax, perhaps, um, and the way that they set this series up to have the first season be so interconnected to the characters, I now feel very invested in the characters, so much so that I was actually kind of sad that I didn't get more Angel out of this episode, that I didn't get more of that interplay between Ezekiel, Angel, and uh, Felipe, that, that, that somehow that was sort of missing 
you know, and, and I'm not saying that it needs to, you know, who knows what will happen and maybe they'll come right back to it, but it just, in this particular, in the, the, the beginning episode, it, it just sort of felt different. Structurally, it felt different. The writing felt different. And again, maybe this is super intentional. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I think so. I just feel like, you know, once again, this is, you know, you can't, this is one of those things where this is not, it's this different, but the same, if that yeah. makes sense than Sons of Anarchy. And to be honest with you, I think as a, a creative person, it would be hard to, I, I don't think they want to just kind of just go over the same thing again. I, I would hope not. I, I would definitely hope not. So I think that's kind of where we're at with this. So I, I did discover something interesting. Uh, I found out that uh, Adelita, the uh, character that uh, the actress that plays her mm-hmm. was actually pregnant oh in real life yeah and they wrote oh, it right. in a way that sort of made sense oh okay yeah I kind of liked that I thought that that was actually kind of interesting how dare, um, how dare she get pregnant yeah <laughs> right there was okay so there was a line in uh, in Mayans uh, where uh, Emily says to um her husband uh something about um gosh okay wait i gotta remember exactly how this was uh something something that basically questioned the paternity of adelita's baby oh yeah it's like have they told you has she told you who the father is and right and the look on his face was like i don't even care like you know like i didn't even think about that that's an issue yeah, but do but do you get the impression that like maybe she suspects that he's the baby daddy? Mm. I, I did. I got that vibe right away. I got that woman looking at a guy like anything you want to tell me? Mm. Oh, man. You know what? I got to give it to you. I did not think that at all. I just took it as you know what I took it as was like um maybe that's some knowledge you need to know about because you know this may you know this may affect what's going on or whatever i mean and and certainly that does seem possible but we know that miguel already knows about uh mayans i mean he already has a clear understanding of sort of what's happening there right right he did on the whole deal so I don't know. There was something sort of interesting about that. That is interesting. But, though, yeah. but I also think that it, the way that Angel, the, the life goals, okay, find a man who will look at you the way that Angel looks at Adelita in this episode because damn. Mm. There was something so sweet about the way that he looks at her. It just absolutely blew my mind. Loved it. Aww. Okay. So big, big events in this episode, uh, the big gunfight, what I gotta say, that whole thing was just, wow. I, I mean, I couldn't have come up with a better convoluted way, uh, in the best way, right, of, of killing all of those mercenaries than the way that they did it. 
the the way that they bring in all of these the little side elements and then eventually decide no we just got to kill everybody was huge yeah they they'd be some murdering asses how do you think that that affected uh ezekiel because it seemed to me like that was a pretty big really big when he kills that guy uh when he's you know got him on the floor to me that the look on his face seemed pretty overwhelming like wow this is this is a big thing yeah i mean you know i'm this is the the first time where he as far as we know killed somebody in uh like in that kind of a way you know before it was like an accident right so do you think that ezekiel's uh intentions are still the same that he's that like has he become sort of full prospect for the mayans or do you think that he's still sort of got one foot out or trying to get one foot out i think he admires them and he loves them and all of that kind of stuff but i don't think that's what he wants to do with his life is just be a no i don't think so hmm well i i personally i think that at least from what i can see he seems super conflicted about this like mm. and maybe this the death of this guy sort of puts him over the edge into uh into the mayans account and maybe that's something that we'll see later but it sure does seem like he is heading toward full feet into the mayans and basically not uh not i don't want to say that he's not because he's oh i think ezekiel will always be his own person right but just in terms of where his moral center is it it sure does seem like maybe things are shifting a little bit yeah i mean i guess that's an, uh, something that's to be expected with him just because of the nature of you know the more you are around that culture you know it will just definitely change you but but you know he does he's different i think than those guys on a lot of levels you know i don't know if he's a lifer yet yeah, you know, yeah i, I kind of wonder that myself i wonder if that's sort of the, the that's why i'm asking if you think that that's kind of the direction that he's going in i don't know i, I it, it's a little bit tough for me to tell but th there's another part of me that thinks that you know a lot of his discovery this season is going to be centered around the the mystery about who killed his mom right right because they definitely seem to and maybe that's the method by which uh he and his brother uh reconcile i, I don't know that that seems like a, a pretty um a pretty big facet to uh to this to the episode though yeah i mean you know that's definitely going to be the one of the things that pushes this forward is the 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 uh I don't want to say the search because the search seems like it's ended, <laughs> you know, but the, uh, how are we going to make the discovery of who could have killed his mom? And it seems, and happy has discovered something too, you know? So that's good. That's interesting that they went there. So, you know, you know, some, some, one of the, I think one of the more interesting, uh, things that happened in this, uh in this episode is 
there there is something about the the way that the Mayans are operating um, their business that like I, you know I like the way that they lean on Ezekiel to be the smart guy, right? Right. Because remember how he was the one that figured out uh, which of the uh, which of the drugs were um, was the wrong one was the one that was basically in, that wasn't the one that they had put in and he did it by looking at the serial numbers or well serial numbers the code numbers on the on the labels and stuff right Th that was kind of interesting to me not because of that piece i mean what it could have been anything but what was interesting to me was that that they definitely see him as being the smart one yeah and it gives him a lot of value too right right it gives it, it i think it may eventually give him some leverage but it's it's just interesting to me that he's the one to sort of puzzle things out i i did really like that i thought that was actually kind of cool i thought so too i mean um and i like that that's who his character seems to be you know personally i think that they will need something like that if they're going to go head to head with potter right because right. i mean potter see as quirky and weird as potter is at all times he's also just super super smart and i it doesn't seem to me like the mayans have anybody on that par so this was kind of an interesting i, I like i think it was sort of a, a little glimpse into how things might get set up in the future um so i Okay, I, I I would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about uh, Minnie. Um, so she shows up at the uh, at the point where it couldn't have been worse timing, right? And there's a bunch of mercenaries. They apparently well, they find her first of all, label her uh, a spy. All the Mayans recognize that they can't let this happen they can't let them uh torture this little kid but you know what i find so sort of fascinating about that is this idea that somehow there is uh honor among thieves I i'm using that term in quotes but it, there's a you know how they talk about the pirates code you know there's a code to good behavior and it's always under all of the, you know, murdering, crazy, violent, everything else. But there's still a code underneath it. And there's some things that are, are just a bridge too far. And it was interesting to me that this is what we see in terms of where the Mayans are at, right? Because we saw in season one of the Mayans, uh, Felipe, uh, I'm sorry, not Felipe, uh, Miguel, mm -hmm. was totally willing to torture and kill uh, a kid. And here we have the Mayans being basically showing us that no, they're better than that. I yeah. thought that was actually kind of interesting. It is very interesting how they change. But wasn't that a little boy though? It was a little boy. In the in season one. In in season one it was a boy, but in, in this episode it was the girl. It right. Was, so that's what I mean. So maybe that's what it was it was it because it was a girl, you know. Oh, oh, hmm. I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know. 
I, I mean, I, obviously there were two parts to this, right? One is they know Minnie is super close to Adelita. And so there's no way that they could possibly let her, they couldn't let her die. I mean, that too, like, that was just vested self-interest. But the other part of it did feel like, no, none of them felt like this was comfortable to let them torture a kid. Yeah. And, and also it sort of shows you, God, it really does show you that, that, I, I, I kind of I love how they do this, right? We know that the Mayans are lawless. Well, lawless isn't the right word. We know that the Mayans are doing some very lawless things. And by all accounts, they should be we should not like them. We shouldn't like what they do because they're doing these bad things, right? But this is one way of showing us that, no, see, these really are the good guys. The good guys don't let little kids get tortured. The good guys don't let the innocent pay for things that they don't deserve uh, to have happen to them. Right. And I like that because it, it keeps further reinforcing to us that the Mayans are, quote unquote, the good guys. And I don't mean that they are the good guys, like, you know, obviously they're doing bad stuff. But it, I, I kind of, I liked that little bridge. That was kind of neat. Do you, does that, I'm going to ask you a silly question. Does that, how do you feel about, does that change, like, um, how you feel about the, uh, the characters, like, uh, you know, the fact that they didn't, you know, they wouldn't allow the little girl to get. You know, in, in some ways, it makes them feel uh, a little bit more human. Um, but in another way, I, I keep reminding myself that what they're there to do is nefarious, to say the, the least. So it's sort of the lesser of two evils. I, I'm, I'm also reminded that at the end of this episode, uh, as they're sitting around the table, they discuss uh, the fact that, you know, uh, the crew from, tu from Tucson, I think, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, about the, the overdosing. When they figure out who it is, right? He says to them, point blank, you got to take care of this before you leave. And what does that mean? You have to kill him before you leave. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, that wasn't, he, he gave him an execution order. That's, in any other circumstance, in any other kind of story, we would. It's really gruesome, that. too. Yeah, it was, right? Yeah. We would definitely consider that. Uh not just bad, but we would consider it. Uh, we, we I didn't like, you know what? I didn't. There was something about that scene. Now that I'm thinking about it, when I saw it, like I've seen, you know, people get tortured in movies and, and on the show, right? Mm -hmm. But it was something about that one scene that was a, more gruesome for me than others where I didn't. I'm not saying I love it when people get murdered on screen, but you know, I'm just saying like, it was just something about that scene that uh, I really 
didn't care for. So, okay, so breaking it down just a little bit, right? Uh, the They say that he, and I'm sorry, that I don't remember uh, the character's name that was the one that was uh, that was cutting the heroin too much. But right. um, they tie him up, okay? And before that, they... Um, the 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 one of the Tucson guys says that he's a, a greedy effing pig. Okay, then they tie him up, and he's tied up in a kind of slaughter position. Right, right, and and it seems to to me that that basically that's what they're trying to say. This is what happens, right? But the the other interesting thing to me is there's no other witnesses except for the Tucson group, right? It's just them. Right. So it's the, they're not making a statement. They really just are killing him. You know, right. it's not like they're sending a message. It's not. It's nothing like that. This is just, again, I go back to this is just honor among thieves, right? They have their own code, and if you break it, and the reason that that feels important is because it seems like this is something that we need to understand. We need to understand that the rules are so codified and so hard tacked here that that if you break this line or a line like this, there is no recourse. And, you know, my guess is that this isn't the last time that this is going to come up. I don't mean about cutting the drugs. I mean about crossing the club line. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, yeah, I agree. That seems pretty, uh, pretty important. Uh, so uh, the other thing that I want to just quickly mention is, uh, is uh, Dita. Mm -hmm. So clearly uh, she's either mentally losing it or, you know, getting older and something's going on. She's something is not very clear here. But at the end of the episode, when she takes off her wig and reveals the burns. Right. Ugh, yeah. What do you think happened there? I think it was from her uh, her husband. Yeah? Yeah, I think he was probably brutal. Whew, I, I, I don't know, but every time uh, something happens with Dita that we think, you know, oh, she's irrelevant it comes back to being something so vitally important. So I, I feel like that's a stick a pin in this moment because that seems pretty important too. Yeah, I, it was, yeah. I mean, they definitely didn't show it for nothing. So, and uh, yeah, it was, yeah, that was a little, I, I must be a softie because yeah, that was kind of gruesome to look at too. Uh, yeah, you really feel bad for her. Yeah, it also, I mean, obviously. And it explains kind of how she is, too. It does. Yeah, it really does. Uh, although it, it's it's hard for me to understand sort of like exactly what happened here or why that happened. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not hard for me to understand that that the empathy that we need to have for her is a little bit more than perhaps what we have had for her because she has been so confrontational. Um, and maybe maybe there's some good reason for that. Maybe there's a really good reason for that. Yeah. And, you know, she definitely doesn't love her son's wife, so. <laughs> no, I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, Emily is not on Dita's most loved list. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be. I don't blame her. I don't like her either. So, like, I'm just right there with her. She, she, Emily really took 
some pretty major she took some charge this episode i mean in terms of just the business she definitely it, we we can definitely i don't like that. their relationship to be honest with you I, you know to, to be honest, like he's way too soft behind her uh i just i don't like it i, I think uh, you know personally although uh, you know i have no idea i could just be reading something in here that's not here but i think that uh that miguel has uh bigger fish to fry and that he just sort of defaults to emily on some of these things because that's the easier thing to do i look i'm your husband i'm the gangster uh just get in line. <laughs> that should be his motto. <laughs> Not, hey, let's figure this shit out together, sweetie. Like, what? Who does that? What kind of gangster, or uh, you know, does that? You know, no, you keep your family. There's a reason why you keep your family out of it because, you know, when the price, you know, um, when the price needs to be paid for it, you, you know, you've accepted that. So you, you know what I mean? But th- but that but that see to me that's one of the more interesting uh, pieces in all of this right is so we see the the structure of the Mayans right in this episode we really saw some pretty major structure happening or well we were we were witness to more of the structure than I think we have been in the past and then we also see uh, the the Galindos and and what we find out is that is that maybe there's something with especially with Miguel, which is far bigger than what we have understood is actually happening between Miguel and Adelita for sure. Um, but also maybe there is something happening here that is uh, structurally important for us to realize by the way that Miguel and Emily and Dita all sort of live under the same roof. Like in the same way that we understand more about how the Mayans work, we also understand how they work too. And it might not be in their best interests the way that things are happening. You know, I, I, I don't know. There's something about that, about Miguel's family structure, which seems like, yeah, this is a tragedy in the making. Yes, uh, big time tragedy. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. So, okay, one one more uh, thing that I definitely want to touch on is uh, Potter's visit to uh, Felipe. Right. Uh, what do you think was happening there? I think he was just putting him on notice, letting him know that, you know, I know about you and everything you've done, and don't think that we're not on to you and what you're up to, or what you've been up to and and all that. And to let them know that this is going to be different. This, you know, this situation is going to be different. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a little, uh, I'm kind of conflicted here because, uh, I mean, obviously, Easy knows that, you know, hey, Lincoln's not just randomly, randomly handing out, you know, get out of jail free cards and good stuff. I mean, he's got to know that there's purpose and stuff behind this but why he shows up to talk to felipe yeah that feels more about ezekiel than it does about felipe Mm. at least it did to me it felt more like okay yeah this is definitely about 
holding something over Ezekiel because because I don't think we can forget that Ezekiel's got a sort of, you know, I was talking about how both feet in the Mayans, but remember right now, he still has a foot on the outside and a foot on the inside. So that hasn't changed. That, right, that's right. still there. Right. No, I know I, I feel you. And and at least as far as I can tell, Angel hasn't said anything to any of the Mayans about why I mean, based on the fact that JD's still alive, that he was sort of playing both sides back in season one, right? Right. Yeah, that seems that seems kind of interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things we got to see how it plays out. But you know, I, yeah. I believe that he's put just putting him on notice. Well, uh, we'll we'll have to. I guess we'll have to see what happens there. But uh, all in all, I was not disappointed with this season. Uh, with the season opening, um, I, I just I I just definitely sense that there is a uh, a sea change, a shift in the storytelling. Not that it's bad. Just that I think that this season is going to be differently run. Again, this episode, it it just didn't have a clear beginning, middle, and end. I mean, yes, it ended. And yes, that was the end of what happened. But it didn't feel like we had any sort of narrative beginning, middle, and end to what was happening. And again, I have a feeling that that's by intent and design and that maybe the continuous running theme throughout this uh, this season. So we'll see what happens. Oh, let's see. I agree, yeah. A- anything else that you would like to add about this? No, it's just, uh, you know, this is not a whole lot of meat on the bone, just the whole thing with Happy and a couple of other things. And I think we'll have more to say uh, uh, after the next episode. I, I, I will say one thing about uh, about this uh, about the overall state of how things are with the cast of the Mayans. They are so active on Twitter. I know I mentioned this last season. I'm going to mention it again because it really is worth it. If you're a Mayans fan and you want to sort of get the rundown on what's happening, follow everybody that is uh, a cast member because they reveal little things here and there. They, they have their own insights into their characters it's really fascinating um, and it's interesting to sort of deconstruct how the actors are viewing their own characters and what they're willing to say about them and then the overall story arc too. So it's, it's definitely worth, you know, spending a little bit of time to kind of get to know who these people are. They've got a lot to say. So, so, uh, so I am, we're going to end this episode with uh, I really hope that, in the next episode that we see a little bit more uh, about, um, oh, you know, uh, I'm so sorry. I just, I just discovered the, what the title of the episode means. The title of the episode refers to, uh, and they pronounce it, uh, Yaxbalam, Yaxbalam, uh, who along with his brother, uh, I'm going to slaughter this too. Hunahupu was responsible for defeating the lords of the underworld through trickery and athletic prowess in order to restore to life his father, the maze god. So they're 
Ethan, that seems like, mm, yep, maybe there's some interesting parallels here between what's happening with Felipe and Potter and Ezekiel and Angel. Eh, quite interesting. Okay. Mm, uh, interesting. So yeah. Continue. Say? Oh, that was interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I just ran across that. See, all these little things you never knew. See, you listen to our show. We might start out in the dark, but we get by the end of it, we get to the light. <laughs> there you go. That's that's the that's always the key. That's what we strive for. Yeah. All right. So how can people find you on social media? They can get me at Kente F on Twitter, uh Kente Ferguson on Instagram, and then uh indie radio, indyradio.org is the website. How can they get you? Uh you can find me at following and you can find my websites at moviesmakethemeal.com and criticallast.com. This has been really great. We'll see you for the next episode. All right. Peace.